In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was about seven years old when I went to my first college football game. Some of our neighbors had tickets to a game at Texas A&M University. We toured the campus. We saw some of the buildings that the husband had studied in and the dorms in which he lived. We went to the bookstore, and I remember calling the Aggie mascot Lassie instead of Reveille, something that proved that I wasn't going to be attending college in Aggieland. Eventually, we made it to the game at Kyle Field and got situated in the high nosebleed seats. Now, if you've never been to Kyle Field, it is enormous. And yes, they've added to the stadium in the last 35 or so years. But to my seven-year-old eyes, it was probably the largest building I had seen ever. Sometimes during the second quarter, some of us, and there was maybe four or five of us all together, some of us wanted to get some drinks, maybe some popcorn and other snacks. So my neighbor told me to go with him because he couldn't carry everything back. And my mother wasn't going to go because of her fear of heights. Um, and it was really troubling her in the stadium. So off we go, he and I, to find the closest concession stand. The order was placed, the drinks began to come, and I had two Cokes in my hand, which was all that I could carry. Something happened on the way back to the seats. I don't know if I got separated from him or if I looked in the wrong direction and then when I looked up again, he was just gone. But it was not too long after we left the concession stand that I was lost. I had no idea what section we were in, where my neighbor was, or how to find the seats. So remembering something that I had learned from my mother, and maybe even from Cub Scouts, I knew where the concession stand was, and I went back there. In the meanwhile, my neighbor realized I was missing, maybe panicked a little, went back to the seats with the drinks and the foods, but not with me. So he told my mother that he had lost me, and he didn't know what to do, and she told him, go back to the last place you saw him, the concession stand in this instance, and that is where he will be. He went back there, and there I was, waiting for him to come and get me, because he knew where I would be. All of us have been lost before, and we may even have lost people who we're supposed to guide and watch after. It is an unsettling feeling, sometimes so much so that it causes deep anxiety and worry. There are fears associated with being both lost and with losing someone. Will I find my way? Is my child in danger? Are my elderly parents all right? When should I call for help? Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for a time several days according to Luke's gospel, only to find him right where, well, at least us, in hindsight, might say where we would expect to find him. 
They find him in the temple discussing scripture with the teachers of the law and studying them with his knowledge and his understanding. Jesus' reply is one of the most famous that he is, to re- uh, that he is reported to have spoken. Did you not know that I would be in my father's house going about my father's business? One thing that we must remember, and it makes this story all the more satisfying to listen to, is that we should not be amazed at how much knowledge Jesus had. The gospel story tells us that Jesus is 12 years of age. This is the age for Jewish boys in this culture to be preparing and participating in their bar mitzvahs, the coming of age ritual that would make the boy a full member of society, which also carried the responsibilities of becoming an adult. And it now meant that you were accountable for your own actions. Now, while we do not truly know how the ancient ceremony corresponds to our modern modern bar mitzvah ceremonies, we do know what some of the requirements were and still are to prove eligibility for going through the ceremony. You had to be able to read from the scrolls of Torah and from the prophets in Aramaic, not the commonly spoken Greek. You needed to have certain stories and prophecies memorized. Not only did you need to know the Ten Commandments by heart, but you needed to know the 613 points of the law found in the Torah. You had to be able to lead a prayer and assist the community in their synagogue worship. In essence, by the time of being age 12 or 13, you had to know the Hebrew Scriptures our Old Testament, forwards and backwards. Let's make a little analogy to our own time. A student in our school district is taught United States history beginning when they reach first grade. And from that point on, they are taught to memorize the presidents of the United States, the vice presidents, the speakers of the House, all in order and maybe also our Texas governors and other significant people. They know the years that they were in office. They can tell you the numerical ordering of them and so on. But they don't yet quite know the history of each person. That gap can be filled in with a lifetime of learning. They may know that Ulysses S. Grant was the 18th president of the United States, But it isn't until later that they learn that he was not only the president, but he was also the general who accepted Robert E. Lee's surrender at Appomattox and was also the the superintendent at the West Point Military Academy. See what I mean? The boys would know the points of the law, but not the full background to it. This is what makes Jesus teaching in the temple, so astonishing to the teachers of the law. Jesus understood not only the points of the law, as he should at his age, but he had the wisdom of the law, its application, its practice, and how it all fits together as a whole. Luke is pointing us to a self-revelation about Jesus. 
Jesus already knows his role, his divine sonship as the Son of God. And he is committing himself already, while still yet a child of about 12, to prepare and to become a member of adult society and to do the work that he had come to do. Now, because we have heard this story, we are sometimes tempted to say, well, that was Jesus, but it has no bearing on me. But when we say that, we miss the point of Luke's inclusion of it. Jesus had acquired both the knowledge and the wisdom of the Bible. And this episode shows that he understood both. Notice two things that if we are not careful, we could miss in the reading. First, Jesus already understood his calling, even if Mary and Joseph did not. We sometimes assume that they did, but notice how anxious Mary's tone and voice is. It's full of worry. We have been searching for you in Great anxiety, the the Greek actually uses the words, with great pain. And second, Jesus applied himself to the law and became obedient to it, even as the Son of God. He returned with Mary and Joseph to Nazareth and submitted himself, following the commandment, honor your father and your mother display not only the knowledge of the law, but also his wisdom in obeying the law. This passage is a gripping narrative from Jesus' childhood because it says not only much about him, but also a few things about us. Many of us are in the, uh, <clears throat> the plus 40 um, category. How well... Do we know the scriptures? What is our knowledge like? Do we know the stories? Do we recognize the names of heroes and villains? Can we even, if we were asked right now, can we even name the Ten Commandments? And much less other points of the law and our catechism. You see, as Christians, we must grow in the knowledge of Holy Scripture and in what it says and what it means. It is not an option. And part of the reason is because to truly know, to truly grow in the wisdom of the Lord, we have to know the Scriptures. For example, just the other day, I was talking with a group of friends, all of them committed Christians, and one of them brought up this quote from the Bible and was telling the group some doctrine of the church, except the verse is nowhere found in the Bible, and the doctrine was this made-up thing about when we die, we get angel wings, which is rather soft heresy, but is heresy nonetheless. When we die, we are saints given crowns, not angels given wings. 
We are at the beginning of a new calendar year. Now, we're only about six weeks or so into our liturgical year. This is a wonderful time to begin working, even in small doses, on learning more about the Holy Scriptures. The two adult forums we offer are wonderful introductions. We include the daily office readings for every day of the week in your service leaflet to help you out. There are several apps and podcasts even to help you read the Bible through, some a little each day, some you could hear the Bible in the course of a year. Our Book of Common Prayer is littered with thousands of quotes from Scripture throughout the prayers and the liturgies, and it even includes the entire book of the Psalms. We are people of Scripture first, and then tradition. When we are not steeped in Scripture, we begin to get lost, much like my experience at Kyle Field. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know the story of who we are and what we believe. We question what we should do what the right answers are in certain situations. And we lose Jesus, as it were. We lose him in the temple and in the hustle and bustle of the city. And while prayer, worship, helping those less fortunate than we are, are all essential and right, nothing, nothing, replaces the study of the Holy Scriptures, the gaining of the knowledge and the wisdom from those sacred pages. Let us grow in the knowledge of God. Let us grow in the love of His Holy Word. Let us grow in the wisdom that only God can give to those who study and live into his word. Let us search out Jesus like Mary and Joseph and find him in plain sight within the pages of our Bibles. We can talk all about how 2022 is going to be different. Let us start making it different by committing ourselves to this holy word. And like Jesus himself as a boy, astound our own selves with the depths that we can grow into by planting ourselves in this holy book that has been given to us over much pain, over much blood, and over many hardships. And let us learn to not only read the Bible, but to have the wisdom to commit ourselves to following its precepts, its teaching, and its rule in our life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.